the Summer Skate Studios with analytics and eyeballs is brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf location or topgolf.com. Summer skates, shower shoes, koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, from coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos has a destination that suits your style. Jed's Pizza, with six different styles of pizza, eight different types of crust to go with. Earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile. Go to Metro by to find your perfect plan, all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive. Our boost and burn is specifically designed to help get you active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Drurian Suites. Find out why we say our home is your home. Visit drurihotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, a concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Jordan McAlpine. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is Analytics and Eyeballs. It is our uh, staple, our Monday night show where we talk NCAA hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Stockton, California, as I await the start of uh, game one between the Colorado Eagles and the uh, Stockton Heat. Um, no Jordan tonight, no Nick Maxson tonight. I'm running this board and I'm running it solo. <clears throat> but uh, in just a few minutes, I'm going to bring on a special guest, somebody I think you'll really enjoy because it uh, is somebody that uh, has lots of insight into the junior ranks, uh, covers Texas hockey very well, Oklahoma, New Mexico. I mean, you name it. Um, my guest has got it covered uh, very, very well. We thank him for all that he does for, for us because he just keeps me uh, full of uh, information. And that's exactly what we're looking for on analytics and eyeballs. It's numbers, it's names, it's uh, what the numbers say, but what our eyeballs tell us. So we'll look forward to bringing uh, Tanner Harris on from the Texas Sports Review in just a few minutes. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you that uh, lots of stuff still going on. NCAA hockey uh, is crazy. As you know, I've been traveling um, through our coverage area, been to Arizona, been to uh, Nevada, been to Southern California. Now I'm in Northern California and, uh, of course, started all in Colorado. So uh, I've seen a lot. Um, there's lots going on. I, I think um, when you find out what's happening in NCAA hockey, you're going to go, I'm astonished. I'm astonished that there's teams joining right after a pandemic. There's new buildings going up. There's a new conference affiliations. There's new conference commissioners. There is a little of everything, shall we say. Um, so there's lots to talk about. But you know what? The college rosters don't get filled 
unless we have people from uh, the junior ranks coming up. And uh, with the COVID experience, as, as we can call it, I guess, right now, uh, a lot of players were granted a fifth year, or should they, every player was granted it. Some took advantage, some didn't. But if you chose to play a, a fifth year of hockey uh, in NCAA action or ACHA action, you could do that due to COVID. In addition, there's this thing called the portal. I don't know if you've heard about it, folks, but uh, it, it's full. It's full of players that are uh, making decisions to move from one school to another for a variety of reasons. So that uh, that's all happening. And um, so, so we look at the junior ranks, the guys that are 16 to 20, and we wonder where is this all going to fit in for them? So uh, my thought of it is, um, why don't we bring on somebody that can, can and decipher a little bit what's going on in the West and the South and, uh, and see what happens. So Tanner, Her- Tanner uh, Wilson will be joining me in uh, just a second, and we'll go from there. So uh, let's hear from a few of our partners. We'll be right back, and we'll bring on Tanner Wilson from the Texas Sports Review. Or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At the 
behind the mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs. Indeed it is. Analytics and Eyeballs. Scott Strandy joining me tonight from a beautiful Stockton, California. The drive up here was fantastic once I got around the L.A. metro area. Um, and I'm looking forward to some AHL hockey tonight. But before we get to AHL hockey, we need to talk uh, a little NCAA hockey and more specifically a little junior hockey because that's what feeds the uh, the NCAA, the ACHA, and all that good stuff. So it's my pleasure tonight to bring on Tanner Wilson, the uh, assistant executive uh, for hockey media at the Texas Sports Review. And uh, Tanner, if I can get you to hit one of those uh, gray circles again, I will bring you on the show live and, and we'll talk some hockey for you. So if you get a chance, uh, uh, that's the best way to join us. Um, we'll also have, of course, Paul Hornstein joining us tonight uh, for the final thoughts at the end of the uh, final 15 minutes or so of the show. So We'll get that going, and then I'm going to move on and uh, see if I can get uh, get some hockey action in because it's AHL Pacific Division Finals tonight. The Stockton Heat uh, facing off against the Colorado Eagles. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a special night. Um, uh, hold on a second here. I think I've got uh, – Tanner, do I have – I think I have you now. Hey, there you are. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's been a little while, but I'm glad to be back on the show. <laughs> You've been busier than I have. If I have. Bad, if it's been, it's, I have, <laughs> and I'm currently working on getting this new Southern Hockey website launched that I'm looking to call the Sunbelt Hockey Journal, and I've talked, and I've been in some virtual meetings. I've been in a couple of in-person meetings with people that are interested in possibly writing or doing video for this site I'm getting together. So it has been a crazy month, month and a half with all that going on, plus playoff hockey everywhere. But but I'm glad to be back on the show with you. Glad to have you on. This show uh, is our newest one, uh, Tanner. It's called Analytics and Eyeballs. And as soon as I started the show, I kind of started with you in mind because I'm going like, who knows the analytics side of this any better than Tanner Wilson? So before we dig into this, Tell everybody what you do, where they can find you. I mean, I know where to do it. I have this well, list I am... because I have a guy down at, down at the University of Arizona, Tanner. His name is Tanner Harris, right? Oh, really? So I interact with you and him, and I have a Tanner Harris and a Tanner Wilson. So if I get screwed up, just go ahead and punch me right through the line, okay? Well, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at TexSR underscore Tanner1. That's, un, that's capital T E X. Under capitals SR underscore or Tanner one. That's where I am yeah. on Twitter. And I'm right now I'm currently looking to get a to get this new Southern hockey website launched. I'm looking to call the Sunbelt Hockey Journal right now. Awesome. Awesome. That's good stuff. Um, so you do a lot, not only with Texas, but Oklahoma, New Mexico, California, Colorado. I mean, pretty much anything not, in the Southwest. Not right? necessarily <laughs> Colorado, but more like Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana. We got, I've been, we got the North American Hockey League team coming to Oklahoma City starting next year, where they're moving the, from Wichita Falls. So I'm looking to 
establish some context there. But the big event that's been going on over the last weekend and plus has been the North American Hockey League Robertson Cup, where we had the El Paso Rhinos playing the New Jersey Titans. And unfortunately for New Mexico, they came just a tiny bit short in the semifinals that wrapped up last night. And the, the head coach of the New Mexico Ice Wolves, Phil Fox, in his post-game press conference following game two, mentioned a great term, and I think this was a perfect term for it, game of bounces. Well, I'd like to add on to that a little bit and call it a series of bounces because this series was incredibly close and exciting. And sadly for the Ice Wolves, they came up just a little short in coming up just a little bit short in double overtime last night in game three and game two also went to overtime as well. So these games were really exciting, really close. Sadly, I wish we were discussing a Robertson Cup championship game tomorrow night, but this was by far their best season in their team's history. Yeah, totally agree with you. I had a chance to uh, do a feature, as you know, and had a chance to visit with the guys at the Ice Wolves uh, uh, around Christmas time or so, and I could see that team was building. Um, There's some players there, a lot of players, maybe almost every one of the players that has made a commitment to go play college somewhere. We'll get into that in just well, a minute. Well, there's some news that just broke a few yeah. hours ago regarding commitments, and that is Joe Prouty, who just made a commitment today who just made his commitment announced today to who let me see if I can find my notes here because he literally just announced it. He literally just announced it like in the last few hours. I'm trying to find, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find. Uh, Paul, I know. Paul, Paul Hornstein chiming in saying Lindenwood. Would that be correct? It is not Lindenwood, but he. Oh, okay. It is not Lindenwood, but he. Is, I'm on the ice wool. I know it's just. I know. Well, you're doing that. Let me remind people if they want to text in a question for either you or I or. Okay. Anybody, uh, they can reach us at the text line at three zero three nine four three three seven seven two. All right. What do you got for? Okay. He. All right. I'm on their Twitter account. Oh, it's it's been slow. I know this thing's been <laughs> all right. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I'm in Stockton, California, by the way, so <laughs> anything can happen when I'm up here. But I do have a pretty strong signal in my hotel room, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm currently at home. So mine's been. I'm currently at home at the moment, so it's been. Well, let's. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking for, but Prouty, the but ice, but the New Mexico Ice Wolves forwarder Joe Prouty just made an NCA, just made his NCA commitment official today. It's slow to respond. Yeah, I hear you. I know it's been. He, well, tell me. Well, I'll get. Looking... To, I'll get back to that in a moment. I'll look. I'll get back to in a moment, but. Let me just say, you. I seriously wish I had the chance to be in Blaine, Minnesota for this tournament because they put on a spectacular event every single year. It's not only the Robertson Cup tournament, but they also have a U18 top prospects tournament as well as a U16 prospects challenge. 
for players who are looking to move up the ranks, beginning to really get exposed by various teams and by junior teams and colleges. So it's an exciting event and opportunity for these players to really make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I did just find it. And I think Paul Hornstein was right. It is, it is Lindenwood that uh, Joe was headed to. Okay. So, uh, and that was just put out, like you said, just recently. So yeah, that was just put out in the last few hours, actually. So, so, so when I look at their college commitments and they just put that out as well, a whole list of them, um, Brandon Holt, uh, one of their captains headed to Maine, uh, Dylan Bentley headed to UMass Lowell. Liam Guerin is headed to uh, Hamlin University in Minnesota, Division Three school. Alex Gomez, who I've had a chance to visit with a few times, headed up to Alaska Anchorage. Um, Benny Hollis, the uh, goaltender, headed to Northern Michigan. Jeez. Uh, like he said, Benny Hollis was a big reason why they got to this point. He just got. Throughout the South Division final against Lone Star, he just got better and better and better with every game. Leading up to their series-decisive fifth game that got him to Blaine with a one nothing victory over Lone Star. And, and in that game in particular, he just would not let anything pass him. That was probably his best game of the playoffs right there. Yeah, that kid is a real stud. He's... Uh... He's a real fine. Any idea, uh, Tanner, why all the goaltenders uh, are so solid in the NHL and uh, get opportunities at the NCAA level? Well, I think it's because for a few reasons. One is that there's a lot fewer opportunities in higher level leagues like the USHL, WHL for goaltenders. So a lot of them may get low. A lot of them may get opportunities here more often than top forwards and defensemen. And another great example from this that we saw was the Lone Star Brahmas goalie, Arthur Smith. He was named the North American Hockey League both goalie and rookie of the year. He's committed. He committed to Princeton earlier in the season, and he may be starting to get some NHL draft interest, even though he was – even though it's been mentioned more recently, he, it's, and it's probably a long shot, but he has been getting some NHL draft interest, especially in the second half of the season. So it may be a long shot, but there is a, that there is a chance that someone may take a chance on him late in the draft. And even if he doesn't get taken, I wouldn't be surprised if he's at a prospect camp soon. Yeah, that not, would not surprise me in the least. Um, Tanner, let me ask you this, because uh, we all dealt with COVID over the last couple of years, and um, it, things happened, right? I talked about in the intro a little bit that, um, of course, the NCAA and the ACHA both granted extra years. So basically what that meant was uh, if you chose to play an extra year, you would have eligibility. Some players chose to do it, some didn't. But I think the squeeze, Tanner, if I can use that word, came on uh, the junior players that had to make – uh, maybe thought they had spots committed for a certain year and maybe got shuffled around a little bit. Have you seen a lot of that when you've been looking at the junior hockey ranks? I have been. And this year, special in the last two years, we've been seeing much more heavy veteran in rosters. If so, and so fewer players getting opportunities to make the move up for the first time. So they've had to wait longer than what they've, they probably would have for many players. So 
There is a chance that it may have squeezed out some players altogether, but with the situation starting to get better, I think especially starting next year could be a big opportunity for a lot of newcomers looking to make the jump up. Yeah, totally agree with you. I think one thing that may be a positive out of it too is for, for guys that maybe got an extra year in junior that had that opportunity, maybe they develop some skills that will help them contribute to their college teams um, immediately and more effectively. I think, it, I think that's very fair. They're, they're, and even for the younger guys that are still in the youth AAA and high school ranks across the country that may be – that they may be required to work on more or skills than they would have otherwise. So it could help them make the jump up and be able to be much more effective if quicker. Yeah, I agree with you. I think also um, the NCAA, you know, a lot of people told us, uh, Tanner, that during the pandemic, they said, look, God, it's going to be a death nail for college hockey because uh, the programs aren't going to be able to survive and this and that. Um, it's just been the complete opposite. Teams have added, teams have come back from, from being down and out, and uh, they're creating more lockers. And when they create more lockers, that creates more opportunities. So obviously there's, uh, there's got to be people to fill them, right? Absolutely. And I'll give you an example from the New Mexico Ice Wolves. During the, 21, during the 2020-21 season, for most of that season – their restrictions in that state were so strong they couldn't even play home games. So they had to play the vast majority of their games on the road. In fact, and there was an article in the Albuquerque Journal where Phil Fox and a couple other players basically he mentioned it as a road trip hell during that season because they couldn't even and they couldn't even play any home games there till the final two, three weeks of the season, and they couldn't even have any type of crowds until the basically their final home series that year. So this, yeah. so they were especially affected badly in this, probably the state that was most affected badly in this part of the country. And some were wondering what their future was, and they just, they have shot right, right back up. They've got they finished second in the South. They beat Lone Star in the, for the South Division Championship and came literally within an overtime game winner away from the championship game. So, so they are definitely coming back strong and and Phil and the head and there's a reason why Phil Fox was named head coach of the year because he can really adjust quickly. Yeah, he he does that on and off the ice. I've found from a little bit of time that I've. I've known him and seen him. He he can he can adjust uh, in game. He can adjust between periods. He can adjust from game to game. But he, like I said, he also does it off the ice. And I think when you're at the head coach and uh, uh, leading a junior program, you have to be able to do that with these guys, don't you? Absolutely, because rosters change quickly, and, and because the rosters change very quickly, even from season to season, and even within the season, with players moving up, players moving down. When players occasionally you may lose players to commitments in the middle of the year. So, so you got to have that ability and it wouldn't shock me if one day soon, if someone like Phil Fox is getting a chance to coach at a higher level somewhere, either in the USHL or in the NCAA somewhere. So let me ask you this because you follow a lot of players, as I mentioned already that go to different junior leagues and 
Um, you probably know about my adventure last year where I traveled for 30 days and saw a variety of different uh, levels of hockey. Um, my question to you, though, is has the NHL gotten that much better? Because it, it used to be it was a step below and a definite step below the USHL, but now I think those two are getting really, really close. It's re- it's really close, and it's pushing everyone. The USHL continues to get stronger. If you look at that, the NHL Central Scouting Rankings, you will see all the NHL prospects that are in that league, and also occasionally you'll find some guys that get opportunities to represent their national team in various international events, especially the under-20 and under-18 World Championships. The North American Hockey League, I think, has grown even more. It's become, many would argue, probably the fastest-rising junior league in North America, I would say, over the last 10 to 15 years. Because if you look at the number of NCAA commits that are moving up from now compared to, say, 10, 15 years ago, it is staggering how fast this league is growing. And if you look at the quality of play during the Robertson Cup tournament, it almost feels like at times some of the players could be in the USHL, and you may see a few of them get to play in the USHL next year from the recent from events like the recent United States Hockey League draft, where, where, most, where the vast majority of teams especially in that entry draft, probably had a player or two taken, especially among their younger players that were, that maybe had, some of them maybe had just missed out on a, on a USHL roster. Maybe others took a, took a really big step up this year. So, so it's not only to that level, but many of them are probably pretty close to that level already and that they could get the chance to move up the ranks next year. So, and that would only help out their chances of getting college and pro interest even more. Yeah, you're uh, you're 100% correct on that one as well. Uh, you, For people that don't know, Tanner sends me a stack of information, and I really thank him for it because I'm learning about guys. I mean, I can't be everywhere as I'm covering AHL tonight, NCAA before that, ACHA. We try to dig into the pro ranks as well, but – one of the things you put together for me, which I was just fascinated by, was the uh, um, 2022 USA Hockey uh, National Player Development Camp invites and the Rocky Mountain District Player Development Camp. Um, there was a ton of uh, talented players from the West. Were there people there, Tanner? And I know it's it's way too many to go through it uh, in detail, but uh, were there players there that, that you saw that uh, maybe stood out and you were going like, wow. Where did this kid come from, or where did this kid come from? There, you know, there's a variety of different listings, and we there's a variety of different reasons for that. Some are looking just to get exposure of, or learning how to play at this level, and others may be on the verge of moving up the ranks and doing something seriously big. A couple of players to me that really stood out. One of them was Jackson Crowder of the Dallas Stars Elite Under-14s. He was taken by the Prince George Cougars recently in the WHL draft. And it's still, and at that age especially, it's still early to tell wherever they would want to go to the WHL or focus on the NCAA. But over the last couple of years, and especially this year, he really started to take a big step forward. And... And 
I got to think that he will really, and if depending on what his interest is, he could be a real, he could have a chance to really jump up the ranks for next year's USHL futures draft. And a few others, like and another player that's at a different level is someone like Damon Bickler. Here's a player that I think is like right on the verge of jumping up to the junior ranks. He's got interest from both the Fargo Force in the USHL and the Portland Winterhawks in the WHL. I've gotten a chance to talk to his dad a little bit recently in discussing what he he's been really quiet about this over the last few weeks. So maybe indicators are that they're getting really close to making a decision on which league he'll be looking to go to. But this is his second straight year to make the national PDC. And he's looking to really make a statement at when the national player development camp takes place at the end of June in Buffalo. So, because he's a, got. That's a farm, a farm on Texas kid as well, right? Yes, he is. He is one of two flower mound kids. They're going to be going. The other is Joner Jasser, who was a who's a Red Deer Rebels prospect, and who's a 2006. Okay, um, it, for people that don't know, uh, first of all, shame on you. But uh, the Dallas Stars elite program has just blossomed over the last few years. I know you watch them very closely, but give us an indication of just how talented uh, that group is. And is it coaching? Is it? Uh, uh, NHL players in the area. What, what's the reason do you think it's Canada, a, uh, for that? It's a little bit of everything. Eric Silverman is the head coach of the Dallas Stars Elite U16s, and I like to call him the chief coach because his because what he does really makes up on the rest of the coaching staff there. And it seems like at just about every age group, there's at least one or two players that make you wonder that this kid's going to do something special in the college and junior ranks and occasionally maybe a chance to go pro. And then back in March, for example, one of our Stars Elite alumni, Cross Hannes, who has currently been playing for the Portland Winterhawks for the last four years, just signed with Detroit after being taken in the second round of the 2020 NHL draft. So, so it's just how, it's just how they teach them, how the, how the how they teach them, how the coaches teach them, um, and then the it rubs up on the players because they all want to, and it all rubs off on the players because they just want to show what they can do, and with all the talent that's coming out of there, some some people are still sleeping on it. There's some that are really close in, and that discuss it a lot. It, but it still sleeps on a lot of people in the Dallas Fort Worth area on just how good this program is in the high in the strong amount of talent that you see going to the juniors in college and increasingly the professional ranks. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I know the uh, NAHL team coming into Oklahoma is going to be a, a big boom too because that'll create a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if opportunity is the word necessarily, or if it's just the fact that you can see that you can play in the Sun Belt now and uh, and be competitive. We've seen a few Oklahoma players that are starting to do well. Caden Jones, 
for example, he was with the Des Moines Buccaneers AAA program, and he got to compete in the North American Hockey League Under 18 Challenge over the week over the weekend. That's take Prospects Challenge that's taking place over the weekend, and he also got to play as an 05. He got a chance to play a handful of games with the Oklahoma City IceHawks in the NA3HL this season. Goodness. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, I know you also look at Colorado, uh, Arizona. You broke down Idaho and Utah for me. But uh, one name that, that jumps out to me on the call, on the uh, Arizona roster is Ryan DeAngelis. I happen to know his father who uh, who played uh, with the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, of course, where I'm an alum. But uh, what do you know about any of the Arizona kids? Have you had a chance to uh, do anything I'm, on them? I don't follow the Arizona kids quite as much, except when there's big events here, like when we hosted the Rocky Mountain Regional Championship back in March. But what I did see of him is a guy who is real, who is really creative with the puck. He could, who's really creative with the puck. He's very smart without it, and he is just. I mean, he can play a 200-foot game, and he's got potential to really improve his defense, his defensive play as well. So he's going. So not only is he just really smart, but he's really creative. And when he com- in combining that all together, it is just he's just so dangerous to watch. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's way too young and way too unfair of a comparison. But uh, I get a chance to see Kale McCarr quite a bit. And uh, saw him play in college as well, and um, he just got—he just got hockey sense and raw talent that you can't teach. So if you have that and you can teach them, and they're—I should say—they're teachable. Wow, you've really got a, a top-caliber hockey player, don't you? Absolutely, and we've got a few of those here in Dallas too. And I think one that could be on that similar deal for the 2005s is Riley Basson because he is so strong all over. He's already committed to Michigan State, and I'm amazed that he went and he, even though he did get taken in the USHL intro draft, he went rather late, really, which I think surprised a lot of people. And I think there's going to be some teams that will regret not drafting him here very soon. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Um, before we sneak away from that a little bit, uh, I want to ask you, uh, you had a chance to see the Robertson Cup semifinals. Um, the other two teams, of course, Alaska, Anchorage. I Anchorage. And uh, the St. Cloud Norseman. Um, tell me about that that series because you texted me and you said, "Hey, what's going on in Alaska?" Uh, the Ang- did you say that? Anchorage <laughs> has pulled off one of the greatest shock runs in the recent history of the North American Hockey League. This is their first year in the league, and they came out of a really competitive Midwest division. The top. In that division, when the regular season ended, all finished within, I want to say, around eight, nine points of each other. So it was very, very close. They played Springfield in the first round, swept them with a really devastating defense that made it really difficult for Springfield to really get anything going. And then, surprisingly, they played the fourth seed, Minnesota Wilderness, who stunned the number one seed in that division, the Fairbanks Ice Dogs. So I was hoping to maybe get this all-Alaska battle for the Midwest (laughs) Division title. And I would have thought for Anchorage going in, I thought 
I did think that they could have been a dark horse because I felt that they did have something that, especially with their goaltending, that could make them really dangerous. But I still thought that they had something missing. I think it was the offense because I know their offense at times wasn't the most consistent during the year. So I thought that was going to be their downfall. But they got this gift by having to play the Minnesota Wilderness instead of Fairbanks, who, who, and then, and then in that series, just they, and then the goaltending and defense, they just, they got, they just continued to get stronger, or and just made it so difficult for the Wilderness, and then they, and then they end up playing St. Cloud in the Robertson Cup semifinal, and just ran away with that series and I just think and even though I was watching online for the most part I everyone was just stunned at how well Anchorage has been doing and no one would have thought of and no one would have thought I didn't I thought they could have a good playoff run but a championship game appearance was something I did not have the cards in. If anyone did, I want to get lottery numbers from them. <laughs> because it is – because just the way they played has just been – and even among those that I've been watching online, including myself, it's just they have been – and they have been they have been dropping draws everywhere, and they are without a doubt the story of the year in junior hockey in the USA. And they're trying to pull off something similar to what the Minot Minotauros did, almost did in 2018. <laughs> the, if exactly. you, I don't know if you remember that team, but when Minot made the playoffs that year, they were the very last, not only the very last team to get in, but they had the worst record. <laughs> of all 16 teams in the playoffs that year, they end up shocking everyone to get to the final against Shreveport, where Shreveport had to really claw and to really claw their way past Shreveport to win the Robertson Cup that year. So if Anchorage can pull this off, which, by the way, I think they may have a shot to do so against Saint, against New Jersey tomorrow night, it, I'm getting 2018 Minot vibes out of this team. <laughs> love it. I'll tell you, I'm a little bittersweet because I, obviously I love the Anchorage story, but uh, the Norseman, coached by Corey Millen, Corey and I go back to his days in college. Uh, he's a few years younger than me, but um, man, you want to you want to talk about a player that could play uh, from Northern Minnesota was Corey Millen. Mm. So his his team is out, and now it's the uh, the Anchorage squad against uh, the New Jersey Titans, and. Um, you know, like you said, when we were talking about the Ice Wolves, they were so close. I mean, anytime you lose in double overtime, you know it could go any any which way. And um, So who do you got in those two? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be so close. But I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I am going with Anchorage. I think they are the fresher team with the way they have really stunned everyone. I think, I think they could be in to pull off one of the biggest upsets in the history of the North American Hockey League, to take a first-year team all the way to the championship and on the verge of winning. They're playing a New Jersey team that, you have to admit, is going to be kind of tired from having to play back-to-back -back overtime games, including a double overtime game. They've had two days to prepare, and with the way 
in with the way they've been playing, with the way they can shut down opponents, I think they got a great shot with this. I'm actually calling the upset here. I think Anchorage is going to win this. I love it. I love it. Okay, a couple more things I got to get to, uh, and then Paul's going to come on and join us here in about oh, uh, 10 minutes or so. Actually, he wants to come on now, but um, I'll bring him on, and I want to get to a couple of things with you. Uh, the first thing, Tanner, is tell us a little bit about girls hockey and how that's developing in Texas and New Mexico and Oklahoma because it's starting to explode uh, in Arizona, and I'm guessing the same thing down there. The girls hockey scene is beginning to really grow, and even though one of the big issues we're still having is lack of highly competitive teams, the number of teams we are starting to create, mostly from the Stars Elite girls program, is really starting to show their stuff. And one player in particular from the Stars Elite Girls U19 for who are or from this past year, I'm really curious to see how she'll do in the college ranks is Kaylee Lewis. This is a top girls player who's been to the national player development camp the last two years. She can really fly on the ice. And she was without a doubt the team's strongest offensive weapon. And she was one of the she was the player to really create the offense. She's going to the University of Vermont starting next year. So she'll so hope so depending on what she can do, who she could really could provide a really strong offensive presence there for the Catamounts starting next season. Yeah, I think uh, I've heard the name. Uh, I think you're 100 percent correct on that. Um, Paul's going to join. Oh, us and by the second. way, the girls' national PDC list from the Rocky Mountain District should be coming out this week. So I'll look to get that to you once it's ready. See, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm spoiled. I'm absolutely spoiled. Um, so, so let me ask you this. I know Paul, the big ASU alum, wants to know about Ryan Robinson. He's, is he going to be one of the next uh, dozen Ryans to play for Arizona State? And how will he do at Arizona State? Ryan Robertson is a very – yeah, he can handle the puck with ease, and he's become a great passer and playmaker. And, has, and as the year has gone on, he's gotten a much better job of getting to the front of the net. But I think as he translates to the college game next year, I think it's where his passing and playmaking abilities, are, at least early on, are going to be the main thing that he's going to do. All right, Paul, join on in. How you doing, Tanner? I'm doing great. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. And a couple of questions. I mean, they're, they're a little bit more generic than some of Scott's questions, but uh, just out of curiosity, uh, to piggyback on his question about uh, more teams coming in. Yes, now, well – well, there was a big announcement. The Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference recently announced we've got two new teams joining the conference next year. Baylor and Oklahoma State are going to make their debuts in the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference next season. All right. Well, that first of all, that's great, and 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 I and I know that um, when 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 the conversation comes up, I I, I think that. Um, the, the first school that comes to mind in terms of it being even remotely thinking about the possibility of going even higher is Texas A&M. 
but absolutely uh, i have actually been in contact with a couple of players from their season since it ended and there's actually been some serious discussions and news that if things go well they're seriously looking to move up to the acha division one rinks in the next year or two no official date has been announced yet but the hope is it's that if things go well this season, like they hope they will, they could be making the jump as soon as the fall of 2023. Well, then once again, that's great too, but uh, I'm also talking about going a little higher than that. Um, <laughs> of course you are. Because <laughs> that's what I do. Um, <laughs> uh, here's here's the, th- the, 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 the uh, a little bit more of uh, uh, tagging onto the... Uh, in the last few years, we've had you know, between Robert Morris coming back and two or three schools getting ready to start this year and start next year. When those kinds of, when, when those announcements get made, that creates more lockers. What goes, uh, what goes on? Uh, Cause you're a, a behind the scenes guy too. Um, does that get the kids talking even more? It does, but we're still a ways out from that right now. There's been no serious talk at the moment about about looking to potentially see some NCAA teams in Texas right now. But I think a lot of people across the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference are curious to see about A&M potentially moving up. If they can do this in the timeline they're doing and, and have some success early, I think it could create some inspiration to potentially see more ACHA Division One teams going forward and maybe even at some point a chance to see an NCAA team or two in Texas here in the near future. At the moment, though, there's nothing official about that, but it's getting – but this news from Texas A&M is getting people excited. Okay. Now, you also said there – uh, Wichita is moving to Oklahoma. I, I assume it's Oklahoma City. Yes. Okay. Um, I think people don't realize the the hockey history, and it includes some NHL people too that didn't realize it either. Um, <laughs> uh, the the hockey history that Oklahoma City has had for a long time. Um, I, I it's it stinks that the team is moved that it, they have to get a, a relocated team. But uh, what's the buzz on that team coming into a a pretty high level of of hockey again? It's I think a lot of people this is the first time junior hockey is going to be coming to Oklahoma, especially one of this caliber. So I think there's still a lot of curiosity about it. But I think a lot of people are looking to give it a chance. And one person in particular is really looking to that. And that is the That is Matt Donovan. He's in the modern era. He's the only Oklahoma native to ever reach the NHL. And he's also have had a lot of success in the American Hockey League and the Swedish Hockey League over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I think he's kind of being looked on to to showcase the importance of this level on players, the showing the potential to grow, grow the level and maybe even at some point in the not too distant future. And, there, and I mentioned a player named Caden Jones who did get to play in the NA3HL as an 05 this past season for a few games about the potential 
to see some, not only see a lot of success coming out here, but beginning to see more Oklahoma natives getting opportunities to move up the ranks. And in in one person, go ahead. uh, And Matt Donovan, who, who has, he's been learning the behind the scenes portions of the games. Like they had a team briefly in the NA3HL, the Oklahoma City Ice Hawks. He was a team consultant there for a little while. I would have to see if he still is, but he is still heavily involved in looking to grow the sport. For instance, he does a, for example, every summer he does his own, own skills camp which mm-hmm. takes place every year in every year in July where this facility where this team is going to be based. So he's he's really actively he keeping a close eye on this and looking to help showcase it right now. Well, Scott giggled cuz he knows where I'm about to go here. Uh, uh <laughs> for if, for those of you who are like Matt Donovan, Matt I know that name, I know that name. Uh he is a Denver alum who that was a fourth round pick of the Islanders. So uh, if that name does sound familiar, um, I knew that's where we were. At. Well, I knew you were giggling at that, so I was getting making making sure I, I came through there. Um, the other hold thing on, is, hold, hold on one second, then jump to it. I got to I got to piggyback on this Oklahoma thing, uh, Tanner. I'm sure the head coach at uh, UCO, Michael Rivera, will be all over those junior ranks uh, to look for some players because. His team just keeps getting better and better and better. Of course, they got to the national championship game uh, and ran into a very tough Lindenwood team. But uh, Michael Rivera and UCO could be a landing spot for some of these uh, junior players in, in Oklahoma City. Well, I think, too, they have higher aspirations, too. But that would be great to see some connections there and also to see a couple of Oklahoma natives get the chance to maybe play there at some point in the not-too-distant future as well. All right, Paul. Paul? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I'm sorry Paul. about that. I had to forget the mic back on. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, uh, you know that this is what I do. I stir it up. Oh, I'm, I'm about to do this big time because, you know, it's oh, the summertime. And, oh, boy. You know, why not? Go ahead. Stir the pot. <laughs> All right, Tanner. Uh, pure and simple. Uh, if it should happen that, you know, somehow, some way, there is another team located in, the, in Texas, say, next season, and I don't mean at the college level, even though they might be playing in a college <laughs> building or at least reported to play in a college <laughs> building, uh, what would that do for hockey in Texas? I think it would be, you know, there's still a lot of people that still have a hard time getting into hockey here. And I think if there was an NHL team and I, and we all know who we're talking about that had to do? play at a college arena, <laughs> we do that. I still think, I think it would not go over very well here. Sadly, really? Like, they're going to play. Yeah. I mean, the coyotes are going to play in, what is it like a four or five thousand seat arena for some of their games next year? So seven hundred, whoever's counting. Okay, but still. <laughs> but let's just suppose, for argument's sake, that you know somebody's playing on the Gulf. Of, uh, th- there's somebody playing at the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> that would be really. I think it would create curiosity, but maybe 
for for either the right or wrong reasons. Okay. I think I'm hope and a lot of people in Houston are thinking and there is an NHL to Houston group I follow closely right. on Twitter that a lot of people seem to think that this could be the final straw for the Coyotes in Arizona. Right. That if that if they were to ever move, let's say it's let's just say for for cry for argument's sake it's Houston. I it could be the thing to really take hockey to the next level. An in-state – Dallas and Houston are rivals on just about everything you can imagine. Right. And I think it's – and I think it's due to see Dallas – to see a Dallas-Houston NHL rivalry. I mean, I'm seeing what the – I've been seeing some of the crowds in Florida for the Tampa Bay Lightning-Florida Panthers series. And it makes you wonder what would a Dallas-Houston NHL playoff series do? It would create an amazing excitement never seen down here before. Uh, and, and you know, I talk about hockey history, but Houston certainly has it. Absolutely. They've, had, they've been in the American Hockey League for a while. They were in the old Interna- They were in the old International League in the 70s. So they definitely have the history. It's just when it comes down to doing things like creating a strong talent pool, that's they have really – it, at times, they have really struggled with that. But there is a player that that I think the Houston area can get around, and that's a player named Carter Murphy who played defense for the Dallas. And going back to my comments about the Stars League U14s, he had a fantastic season for them, and he was able to be taken by the Moose Jaw Warriors in the recent WHL draft. And depending on his interest, he could easily be getting college interest as well down the road. So if Houston is looking for a homegrown player to really get excited about, he could be the guy to do it right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul, listen to Tanner talk. He's in the middle of Texas, and he knows everything about all of Southern Canada Portland, you name it. He's throwing out names like he's uh, he's everywhere. That's why we love having him on. And and Tanner, I wish I could bring you on like every week because <laughs> I mean, and, 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 this, and this information is so good. By the way, I I, I, I also want to say because let's let's face it, uh, when you think of Houston in hockey, um, there's there's always there's only one name that comes up first. Yeah, and, and that's that, how Gordy Howe, who played Gordy Howe, correct? Yeah, who played for the? Yeah, he played down in Houston for a few years so. with his kids. Absolutely, <laughs> and and a great sweater. And I don't care; it's a great sweater. And if they it can't beat it to, the New Mexico Ice Wolves, but it's that's good. great too. By the way, I didn't even but get can't to beat that. The ice the, their lo- by the way, their logo in Jersey. I saw your picture with the Ice Wolves hat, and I gotta say, who I wish I could find out who did that logo when they made their debut in 2019 because they did a phenomenal job with it. It's it is unbelievable. It is. It really is. In the turquoise jerseys they wore, especially in games one and three during the Robertson Cup, were a hit in Blaine at the Robertson Cup. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it is it is phenomenal. I, I uh, of course, uh, you know, I I hope that that helps grow the game 
a lot now in the state of New Mexico. I, I did live there for a year. I did like living there. It was it, it's a it's a beautiful place to live. Um, but th- they might uh, honestly, you would you could make a legitimate argument that that might be the best logo in all of hockey, let alone sports. Yeah, I think, no yeah, at least, in, <laughs> at, yeah, the inspiration from the New Mexico State flag was a fantastic idea. When I first saw that logo made its debut in 2019, I, my, when I first saw that logo in 2019, when they first made their debut, I was jaw dropped on how awesome that logo looked. Yeah, I hear and, you. And the jerseys look now you when you get a chance to, to actually see it uh at a decent uh you know it, like you said turquoise i love that color right? that is just awesome that's it's a team it's a color more teams should try using yeah at least as accents yeah. anyway yeah exactly um Okay, so that hour flew by really quickly. I've got a hockey game to go to here shortly. Okay. But, uh, Tanner, your thoughts on the American Hockey League? Uh, on... I got the uh, the Heat and the Colorado Eagles tonight. And the Heat just announced today, I don't know if you saw this or not, but they're moving their team to Calgary next year. They announced it on the night of their two home home games. I don't I, think that's going to go well. I've only have seen a little bit about this on my Twitter account, so I'll have to read a lot more into it. But on the American Hockey League front, the player I have been following really closely is the Plano, Texas native, Stefan Nason. He has had – he won the American Hockey League goal-scoring title, and I'm curious to see who from the NHL may offer him because he's had a weird pro career. Like, he's been able to hack it in the AHL, but in the NHL, it's like – Something always happens to him. Either he gets injured or the, he does he's not a good roster fit or anything like that. So it's like he's up there for a little bit, but something always tends to happen to him once he does get to the NHL. So he hasn't had the greatest of opportunities to really show that he deserves the chance to stay in the NHL full time. Yeah, exactly. And as I said earlier, uh, Ryan Robinson making his uh, his uh, Arizona State debut this fall. Paul's going to be there opening night, by the way, Tanner. And, uh, and yeah, he'll be yeah, one yeah. of 14 talk, talk. Ryans on that roster. <laughs> I'm curious to see what that arena looks like because, because I've been following the construction on it. And it looks like it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be top curious. notch. It'll be the best NHL college arena out there. i'm calling it the crowning jewel of college hockey in the west tanner so write that one down if you see that okay it's a crowning jewel of college hockey arenas in the west tanner wilson i thank you for joining us i know you're a crazy busy man and uh uh, i know that uh your input is uh just so important to us so i appreciate the hard work and uh one day we're going to get together i tried to hook up with you at the uh the texas uh under 18s but that didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't work out. But it didn't work out. But we've got some. Gr- but it didn't work out. But we've. But host. But we've been hosting a ton of events in this part of the country. Next spring, for example, we're hosting the girls' tier one national championships. So in the spring nice. of twenty twenty three. So be looking forward for that event. 
All right, Tanner Wilson with the Texas uh, Sports Review. Keep up and the good hopefully work. the Sunbelt Hockey Journal soon. And hopefully yeah, soon the Sunbelt Sun Hockey, Hockey Journal. Love it. When you get that launched, uh, you're coming back on. I'm going to grab okay. you again. So Okay, okay. and I – and I can't wait to be a guest. I know it's been crazy over the last month, month and a half, but I'm glad to be back. We love your input. Tanner Thank Wilson, you. thanks so much for joining us. Paul, uh, take it away and wrap things up for us. All right. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by Drury Inns and Suites. Drury Plaza Lake Buena Vista, the newest official Disney World hotel, is booking now for stays starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership, but you must go to a store to see the details. Buy Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player, show off your game and style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See SummerSkates.com for more information. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. No one knows goalies needs better than we do. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Liberty University, strengthen your faith and your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast at liberty.edu. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. Buy M-Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota, our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins worked hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs, new or pre-owned. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza, you'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at JetsPizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. I always appreciate the uh, final thoughts with Paul Horn. She had some good ones for Tanner too. That was uh, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll thank Tanner Wilson. I got it right. I tell yeah. you, the Tanner Harris in Arizona and the Tanner Wilson in Texas. I, I got to keep them straight. But Tanner Wilson, Texas Sports Review, Sunbelt Hockey Report uh, on the way. Uh, good good stuff. If if you're not following him on Twitter. You got to do that because uh, he is one of the best, and we appreciate him doing all the legwork for us. Makes Paul and I look so good when we throw out these stats that Tanner's yeah, yeah, put you together know how hard for us. That is. <laughs> all right, so we'll say good night. I got a hockey game to go to, my friend. It's AHL Pacific Division Finals between the Stockton Heat and the Colorado Eagles. And uh, Paul, just to let you know, it's ninety-four here in Stockton. Uh, that's. Great. Uh, I was actually, you know, yeah. 560s yeah. here today. It was, you know, I spent most of the day outside, so that was good. Um, All right, got my summer skates on, but I'm gonna nice. have to flip back into uh, into tennis shoes to uh, to get into the uh, arena tonight. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned. Watch us. Listen to us. And uh, tomorrow night, Paul and I will be back with another episode a little early again because I got a game too. So it'll be 4:30 uh, p.m. Pacific. Uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, as Paul likes to say. 
We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, new day. And ask you to tune in again tomorrow for College Hockey West Live. Good night, everybody.